And good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Golden Life, where we have two of our financial planners here in studios every Friday. Now, I am not Kevin Carroll, as you can tell. First of all, the voice range is way too high. Second, (laughs) it doesn't even sound like Kevin Carroll. But in studios with us today from Asset Management Group, we have got Andrew Nida and we've got Mo Parham all talking about your finances. And I love this. I filled in once before, Andrew. As you know, long time, your dad and I, before he passed away, uh, we had, I think, eight years that we did the Golden Life together. Yes. And to have it back and under the family, very cool. Very cool. And a ton of fun. It you is know? fun. I think I think literally every time, especially when we get to walk back to the office, me and Mo, we walk out of the office, and I'm like, I know exactly why Dad did this. Just the <laughs> just the social being around, mm-hmm. being with people in the radio station, and just like that was him, just having fun, connecting with people. Yeah, I've I've been here in Cartersville now for five years, and I feel like this is my way of getting you know familiarizing myself with the community yeah. even more and plugging in. Yeah, every Friday. Oh man, it was it was totally his thing. He loved it. Now I do um, for folks, and a lot of people do know me. I do a lot of news talk. I work at another station in Atlanta, so I'm kind of on top of news. One of the things I've been telling my audience, I'm not going to go political, but one of the mm-hmm. things I've been telling my audience is, and I've lived through enough cycles. Where are you currently in your personal debt, and what are you doing to maybe get that a little under control in case? things take a weird turn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You guys are financial planners. Have you ever heard the term, get out of debt, stay out of debt? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, and you're going to wish you already had with the way interest rates now are, right? right? Mm -hmm. Big issue. So, yeah, I mean, you know, from a personal debt standpoint, it's, I mean, the pressure's on. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody. Yeah, I mean, mean, if you look at the credit card debt that we are are at right now, it's almost, what, almost a trillion dollars in credit card debt? I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's massive. Month over month, record highs. It is insane. And super high. How much of this are, are you you're feeling with your clients? Because there was a survey that came out last month. Uh, it's at an all-time high. Seventy percent of Americans are saying that they are that they are worried about their finances. Seventy mm-hmm. percent are saying, "I don't know where mm-hmm. my financial situation is. I feel concerned. I feel worried about my finances." Almost two out of three have no savings. They mm-hmm. literally have nothing. They get whatever comes in their paycheck, goes in the bank, and then by the end of the month, it's gone. They have nothing to fall back on, mm-hmm. which is probably adding to the 70% number going, if I lost my job, this is bad. How many of your clients are dealing with what they think of, or what we're calling financial stress? I'm going to say, uh, I hope not many of them, because <laughs> hopefully we do, we've done our job. Oh, maybe they're right? the wrong, uh, the wrong leader. Yeah. How many come to you because they're right, worried because about they're their money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's really like two sides to that question. And that is there there is the individual who has been put in a good situation that has been able to participate in just the the economic growth that we've all, you know, kind of been able to play a part in over the last, you know, 10, 12 years. And that individual has, you know, made a reasonable amount of money. And and, and these individuals obviously should have put some of the, the disciplines necessary in place so that they have the savings and they're prepared for moments like this. Right. And so I think for some people, they, they, they've been able to do it. They've, they've put in a good opportunity to be able to save. And so they're in a good spot to, to weather a storm. And then I really feel bad for, for the other story, which is the individual who's just, you know, they're just grinding it out day after day, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're working, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. They get paid maybe by the hour. They're, they're, they, 
maybe making a good living as of the standard two, three years ago. They're thinking, okay, finally I'm getting to a place of what feels like financial freedom. I'm able to not only just, you know, pay my bills every week, but I'm making a little bit more because everybody's giving raises. We're getting, you know, cost of living adjustments that are a little bit higher Wait, than when? history. <laughs> yeah. And then and then all of a sudden inflation goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like that individual finds himself back where they were, you know, a decade ago or eight years ago thinking, oh, geez, you know, now I'm back week to week and now I'm actually underwater mm-hmm. a little bit. What a lot of people don't realize, they go, well, the year to year inflation number is actually going down. But you have to remember in the last two years, when you combine the two numbers of where we were this time last year to where we are this year, mm-hmm. you're still looking at about 12 to 14 percent more on average for everything. A lot mm-hmm. of it higher, but some of it lower. On average, you're still, and most people haven't gotten a 12% raise in the last two years. Right. Yeah, I was actually speaking with a client yesterday, and she said, you know, small, this is a small scale, right? But she said her HOA fees went up 35%. And so, you know, what, what we've, in some of our workshops, and I still tell clients this today, is yes, you can look at the, the, the reports and see what inflation is, but I say get to understand what your personal inflation number is, right? Right. You know, if you live in a metropolis city, you know, call it New York City, you're not quite honestly where I'm from, where I was born. You know, you don't really think about what the gas pumps are. You know, you really think about the price of gas because right. it's like, well, you're driving. You uh, know about you're your train ticket. A subway. Yeah, subway ticket. Yeah. And, and now, you know, with the evolution of, of Uber and stuff like that, you know, you're, you're doing that as far as traveling. But here in Atlanta, here in Cartersville, right, you have to worry about, you know, what the what the price mm-hmm. of gas is. So really, I, I tell everyone Think about what your own personal inflation number is, right? Look at, you know, what does it cost for you? What, what have you seen increase or how has it increased? Um, has your energy costs increased? You know, has your uh, utilities increased? Has, you know, your your lawn care increased? Mm-hmm. And then get your sense of what, how much has your month-to-month, year-over-year um, um, expenses increased over time? And that's the number that really is personal and that you should focus on. You know, it's crazy, mm-hmm. though, you say that, but you have to first do something that so many don't do and they haven't been trained to do. If you don't have a budget and you're not tracking your money, you have mm-hmm. no idea mm-hmm. how much month-to-month it's been trickling, how much is ex- exiting your wallet. It's like yeah. you all of a sudden reach the point and go, why is everything so much more expensive? But if you don't right. have a budget and you're yeah. not kind of looking at, well, where's my money going? Then it's hard to say, well, where's my money going? Mm-hmm. And there's really, you know, there's really no no excuse not to have a good handle on it. I mean, at the end of the day, there's there's tons of technology. There's the, free the services. Available. Yeah, there's tools available, really. And even actually, you know, if you just want a very simple form of understanding your outflow, I mean, most online banking systems offer at least a very soft, you know, categorizing system or software True. in there mm-hmm. gives you kind of an indication. But but if you don't sit down and cognizantly, like you have to sit down with your spouse, your partner, or whomever, mm-hmm. and say, okay, where are we this month compared to last month? You can look at those bank things, but if you're not having a, a discussion about it, say, wait a minute, our utilities at the beginning of the year were like, let's say, $100 a month, and now it's $125 a month. You know, that's right. an increase. That's more money that you can't then use to someplace else. Yeah. yeah. It's it's actually really fun having that conversation for the first time inside of a meeting with your financial advisor. <laughs> it's always interesting. <laughs> I love it when, uh, when, when the man brings up, you know, the budget or what they're spending, and the wife's like, what? <laughs> Is that, Is that huh? true? Is that true? <laughs> You're spending what? <laughs> uh, makes it for a good counseling session. We're, we're having... Having a, obviously just more of a, of a roundtable just discussion about finances and stuff. But one of the things that I know, 
and it's technology. You talk about the good, but there's also a dark right. side. The number of people who don't realize how many things they subscribe to that are still oh, coming man. out of their oh, yeah. account every single month because they don't look at their statement. Yeah, I'm, that, guilty, I'm guilty. I just signed up for ChatGBT version. It paid for it. I'm in a free trial. <laughs> but it's the free trials you forget about. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm um, still paying for a gym membership I haven't gone to in, since COVID. There's a <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I'm sure that's only a couple dollars a month. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, drive no. by the gym every day, and I'm like, I need to put. They make it so hard to cancel that. You have to actually go right. physically into the gym, and then you feel guilty. And then you feel guilty because you right? know you're heavier than you were when you signed up. <laughs> and you're like, uh, and they're like, why are you canceling? <laughs> you should. It's be tough here. though, but I mean, so maybe we should have this as a starting point. Maybe starting to th- develop some. I don't want to call it fiscal discipline, but that's really what it is. Like, right. what can you do, and what would you recommend? For people who have really never thought, even just of the basics of the budget discussion, of the right. sit down and look at my bank statement, not to see if the checks, because it used to be you had to balance your checkbook because they would make clerical errors, but everything's so automated, it's very rare you get a clerical error, it still happens. Right. But are you looking at where your money's going? Did you all of a sudden, yeah. all those Amazon purchases, because you thought, I got a good deal, and then you're like, wait a minute, I ended up spending $200 that I didn't, I didn't budget mm-hmm. for Amazon, but I thought good deals. How do people start that whole becoming more fiscally minded? Well, I think I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head. The first place to start is to get a good handle of what you're doing today, right? Just look at yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Let's get transparent. Let's get raw, and let's just get a good handle on what is the outflow, right or wrong or indifferent. And you know, and, and in all honesty, sitting down with a financial advisor when we go through. Even like like obviously in retirement, you're focused on spending, right? Because <laughs> because ultimately that is the key to a successful retirement. It's always about cash flow and how much money a client needs. It's ne- never really about how much money they have, as long as what they need fits within the realms of what they have, right? So so it is. Uh, you'd be shocked though how many people are just not real and honest with themselves. They'll come in and they say, "Hey, you know I, what we need for retirement is six thousand dollars a month, seventy two thousand dollars a year." But they're sitting here knocking down three hundred seventy-five thousand a year today, and they're not saving anything, and they have debt. And it's like, well, if that's what you pre- you're projecting for your future, then how can you not scale that back to today? And how come you're not saving fifty, sixty grand a year today? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just, I, th- I think, I think really the the goal is to strip it down, get raw, get real, and let's just get your feet dirty and hands dirty and get into what are you doing today. And then once we find a good, solid understanding of your outflow, then the next question is, let's start really getting a good understanding of the inflow. Yeah, yeah. And being real, too, is also, I think sometimes the word budget feels like confining, Mm -hmm. you know, it feels like an arduous It's like the word diet. Right. What, right. what am I not going to be able to do? Yeah. So I, I, I say spending plan, right? Your, what's your spending plan? And that can make things feel a little easier because, mm-hmm. okay, so you're allowing me as my financial advisors to spend money? Yeah, because it's going to get spent one way or another, right? right. Mm-hmm. So that's the real and honest approach. And you know, now that we understand, okay, where is the money going? Then we look back and say, okay, if there's a deficit, then there's things that we need to cut down. If there's a surplus, then oh, great. That's a, that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Now what do we do with the surplus? How do we maximize the surplus? And especially if you're a few years away from retirement, you know, the goal is to stay retired, right? That's the ultimate goal is to retire and stay retired. So if you're five, 10 years away from retirement and there is that surplus, how do we maximize these last few years of earning potential to make that picture look even better? Well, let me ask you this question, because I think, and we're all human beings, and so we automatically assume the worst, think the worst, the worst is going to happen. I think clients are afraid to be honest with themselves and then honest with you guys initially is because they're worried that you're going to judge them. 
Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you 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 don't know where your money's going, or you didn't realize you had this. Like they think that you're going to scold them. That that that's not your approach. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're, it's not. It's not. I mean, it, actually, in, in the uh, the book we read last month or last few months, uh, Laws of Wealth, uh, they talked about you know the idea of you know if you put yourself in a client's or prospective client's shoes, these conversations that they're having with us may be the first time that they're actually having this 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 open, honest conversation about money, mm-hmm. not even with themselves and with their spouses. So as an approach we take, it's this is a you know, judge-free zone, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we have the tools, the ability, the learning, the training to, to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But your, your responsibility as a client is to be honest with us and to let us know if anything changes. You know, we're, we're here to, you're, you're providing us a story and we're providing the, the way to make that story a reality. But it, it all starts with honesty. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and if, 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 you, if you can't be honest with us, then we, we, we're almost doing a disservice. Right. Because the story, it, the puzzle we're trying to solve is not a true story. It's one of the hardest things, though, for a human being to sometimes do because they, they're like, wow, you're going you're gonna to think less of me. And so I need to kind of make mm-hmm. it look better. I need to sell myself better. I'm, I'm going to leave some of the things out because I'm a little embarrassed. It's like going to the doctor. If you want a doctor to properly diagnose you, you can't hold back some of your symptoms. You've got right. to be open. Right. Yeah. True. And I think also you have to remember that that people really people think a lot less that of us that we think uh, they think of us. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> like like you know. Um, <laughs> I'll use myself as an example. I'll throw myself under the bus, right? Like, you know, I, I need to lose a little weight. I ain't going to lie. And so when I walk into a restaurant, I'm sitting in a booth, and the booth like doesn't lean back a little bit, sitting up. I kind of like, you know, I'm constantly stretching my shirt out, you know, keep it, you know, because I'm like, man, I don't, you know, I feel uncomfortable, you know, whatever. And it's like, man, ain't nobody looking at me. Right. Eat your freaking lunch. Right. Right. We tend to be a little self-absorbed. Yeah. And, we do, and, and we do, and this is a human trait as well, we tend to see all of our flaws Nobody is paying attention. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. But you assume because that's what you're dwelling on, maybe everybody else is at the same and time. And they are. They're just dwelling on their on issues. Their yeah. 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 Right, right. So it's like, just rip off. Let's just get real. Yeah. I mean, that's life, right? We're here mm-hmm. to help each other, you know, to point a, to point each other in the right direction. And and there's seasons where we all struggle, right? Mm-hmm. And and mo- all different types of levels. And so, so the point is, is when it comes to building a budget, when it comes to finding the basis and the foundation of where you are today to support where you want to go, it just starts with just getting real. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I'll take a twist on a budget, right? We're talking about personal budget. There's another big budget conversation. Oh, yeah. It's kind of happening. I wonder if the government is going to get real with the budget. I have lived a lot longer than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen our debt where it is. And I don't know what happened uh, 20, 30 years ago. They just decided, well, it's never defaulted yet. We've never crashed yet. Let's just keep printing money. Mm-hmm. At some point, I don't know how that can be sustainable. It, I mean, we're almost to $32 trillion. Yeah. That's scary. It is. It is. And the all, as a matter of fact, we were having breakfast this morning, um, and we were talking about the, the whole debt ceiling crisis. And, of course, they postponed the meeting today. They got nowhere in their conversations on Tuesday. Supposed to meet today. They're nowhere along, yeah. I guess, to even have a conversation today, so they pushed it off. And, and, but, but the alternative is, is default or simply just increase the you know the budget right and you know or the the limit the ceiling the debt ceiling, debt ceiling. and yeah, yeah sorry about that and and so i just you know 
the alternative is not a great solution either. No. You know? Well, the whole idea of, and this is my area, with the, the debt ceiling is kind of like a myth as well. You're just saying, oh, we don't have enough money. We'll just tell ourselves, well, we can go now to this level to say now we have enough money until we get to that level. Mm-hmm. We right. don't have right. the money. We don't. We don't have the money. <laughs> and you're right. So what is the end result? And the and, and that I think that's, that's very problematic problematic it's very uh to me it's it, it's kind of fearing truthfully for generations to come because somebody ultimately is going to live through that scenario mm-hmm. somebody will have to right and i think that's very problematic and so you know when, when we talk about the debt ceiling i know some people are some people and some listeners may not even know exactly what that is but but ultimately you know the u.s government debt when we talk about the debt we're talking about you know, various types of, you know, securities that that the government issues, uh, you know, through like treasury bills, treasury notes, treasury bonds, you know, basically other economic systems, world economies, Mm -hmm. throwing money our way, we collect the asset and we promise a promissory note, if you will, a rate on that money. And, and, you know, we're very credit worthy. That's why the United States, you know, that's why people have trusted their funds with our economic system here and our government here. And so if we default, well, it's super problematic, mm-hmm. right. super problematic in that, you know, some things that I would I would think were possibilities is, you know, a mass sell off uh, of government securities. Right. Right. Which could could quickly lead to a massive depreciation in, in assets. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, isn't that kind of what we're seeing in the in the medium banking sector? SVB mm-hmm. had a bunch of investments that were based on zero to no interest, and all of a sudden, here comes inflation. They jack up interest. All of a sudden, they've got all these investments that are now worth nothing. They're trying to at least dump them to get at least something out of it. People freak out. They take their money out of the bank. Next thing you know, the bank is going under. That's right. right. That's exactly right. Quick, too. Yeah. It happens Quick. very fast. Quick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a mass. It was a math, a mass withdrawal. Right, mm-hmm. right, and so all of a sudden the bank says, "Well, we don't have the money." Right, we have these these bonds, these notes. So let's sell them at a rate that's much more higher than it was before. So yeah, I mean, like you know, if the, if the U.S. government loses its its standing on paying off its debt, right? I mean, it was very close in twenty what twenty eleven, and S and P well, Standards and Poor reduced the, uh, the the U.S. government's. Um, uh, rating credit rating, credit rating yeah. from triple A to what A double A double A minus. It's a huge deal, mm-hmm. right? And it's that's where it is right now. So imagine if it actually does default, right? I mean mm-hmm. that is the credit worthiness of of the U.S. government. So yeah, I mean like w- what happens if it defaults? Well, then you know federal programs gonna uh, are gonna suffer, right? Social Security, Medicare. Uh, so security well, those are those are liabilities that are always those are that's the thing I, I got to be careful we get into the, the politics side. But that's those are considered um, funded mandates versus the unfunded mandates that. Right. They always use those. But right. that's going right. to get paid because it has to. There's right. law. Right. Right. It's the other things that all of a sudden maybe our loans to our adversaries that we've borrowed money from or other nations that all of a sudden the dollar becomes less valuable for international trade. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, people are talking about, well, if we can't trust the dollar, maybe we should go someplace else. And if they start doing that, that you're talking that's exactly about, what would happen. Yeah. Hyperinflation. That because would, now the dollar exactly becomes completely worthless. Right. Right. So there, I, I, I just want to be careful. We don't get into like too many of the like the Social Security is going to be there. It's just but you always hear politicians yeah. use it because it's a it's a great battering tool to get their way right Uh, but no matter what the discussion still is the same if you don't pay your bills somebody's going to come knocking somebody's going to come knocking (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and and you're right i think i think the biggest end result would be the depreciation of the u.s dollar 
right? And, and you know, once again, I, that's not a world that I think any of us would like to live through no. and, and watch and see. I mean, we you work so hard to get to where you're at and to be able to, you know, grind it out and live mm-hmm. the life that you, you've built. And But, but that you're talking about getting it ripped away quickly. And so, you know, I don't think there's much of a solution here other than the fact that they have to, you know, increase but but they do need to get a handle on the budget right right and and you know my my thoughts or my question is is you know what what actually would work to create a balanced budget for the federal government and of course you know who knows right i i it's way beyond my pay grade but here's the thing a lot of solutions i've interviewed so many of our folks up in congress and they all say every state in the union has a balanced budget amendment just about i don't think california does i don't think new york does but just about every state georgia's one of them Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you're a republican or democrat by the end of the day end of your 40-day session you have to all agree because it's by law it has to balance but they'll never put it in at the federal level Ever. ever. Nobody will ever do it because it's too easy to print money, get your program, get your vote, get reelected. Very problematic. It's, it's massively problematic. That's how we're at $32 trillion in unfunded liability. It's unfunded debt. We don't know how we're going to get that if we keep spending the way we're spending. Right. Right. Which is hard for you guys. You're trying to tell people to be fiscally responsible, and then they're watching what our government does. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's tough. Not but good. The, but the difference is they have an unlimited printing press. Yeah. Right. We don't. Correct. So, right. Correct. so don't don't mimic what what <laughs> right. we're doing. Yeah. Uh, well, true. Well, I'll just declare bankruptcy and reset everything. That'll <laughs> true. be fun. And, and not to, not to, you know to tie that in though. The truth is is some listen. Sometimes I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Sometimes we can look at the government and be like, oh, you guys are idiots. You know what are we doing? We're printing. You just continue to print money. Mm-hmm. You continue to spend without any oversight, without any regulation, without any mindfulness or wisdom about where the money's going and how much money's coming in to support that outflow but okay you look at many of us okay and you really analyze the increase in salaries the increase in income the production in our businesses the growth of our businesses and how many of us are actually doing the same thing Mm. buying bigger houses buying nicer cars right living living you know going into credit card debt when you're making you're making more money than you ever have and you're going into credit card debt now (laughs) and it feels like you have less money and you feel like it has less money yeah Right. So so on a smaller scale, I, I do think, once again, we got to be get you got to get raw in front of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that it's so hard, though, because we do live in a first world country and we do see on social media people who share what they're doing, what they have, their new toys, their new vacations. And you constantly you don't want to say play, keep up with the Joneses, but it's it's kind of like built into the fabric of being an American. Like I got to work harder to get more stuff. Oh, man. How do you convince somebody to live within their means. Mm. That's the oh. hard lesson in any... Fi- you can't talk about financial savings. You can't talk about budget. You can- All the stuff we're talking about, if you don't know how to live within your means, that's all kind of like out the window. I think, I think that question, though, it goes so far beyond money. So far beyond mm-hmm. money. We're talking about, like, contentment. Like, yeah. life, mm-hmm. true, core life contentment. You know, where your value's at, where your morals at, where's mm-hmm. your satisfaction in life come from. You know, and so I think that's much more of uh, of a deeper spiritual question, but but because because you know the truth is a lot of people use money to cover up a lot of other things in their life, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're they're buying things, and we think they're buying things because they can afford it, or the life is you know they're able to just enhance their you know their lifestyle, if you will. But in all reality, it's just a cover up for something deeper, uh, you know. So I would say that to, the answer to your question is probably just you know. 
that that's that's a core question. That's a core question, yeah. yeah. It's tough. And it doesn't happen overnight. No. All right. You you talk about getting raw, look at yourself. You have to be able to do that. You, your spouse, your family, you have to be able to finally come together and say, Okay, this nonsense of trying to keep up with everybody is only gonna lead to our own ruin. And you have right. to come to that recognition. Right. Why not figure out what makes us happy with less? Mm-hmm. Like you said, contentment. Like, how, where, where's our content? Because a lot of people come back from a vacation. They go, oh, I should have never gone. I'm broke. I've got so much. D-. Like, then why did you go? Right. Why would you mm-hmm. put yourself in a position where you're more anxious about your money just to go on the cruise, just to go on the trip? My wife and I, and not to take it about me, but for three years, because we had three, we had four kids in college at one point all at once. For three years, we didn't do a vacation. Mm-hmm. We just didn't do the trip to the beach. We did You know why? Because we decided we had to invest in our kids, and we didn't want to, like, put anything on a credit card Mm -hmm. so you know what we did we did little staycations we went camping we did stuff where we could still kind of feel like we're getting out of the routine still went to work we had to work together my wife and i sat down and go how do we make sure that we have enough to cover the college and make sure that we still pay our bills yep we had to say well we just don't go to vacation we're just not going to spend two three grand this summer we're going to put it aside keep that in the bank yeah i think that's the definition of we just talked about happiness right i mean you said two things, right? You know, working about happiness, but working together. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's the key thing. Is you know, if you're if you're in a relationship, working together for the ultimate good of the family. Right. And that and that season of life that you and your and your wife were in, the happiness was redirected towards the kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then and also, you know, this too shall pass. Right. This season that we're in will pass, mm-hmm. and then we can go back to enjoying. You know, life this way, mm-hmm. but for just this season right now, we're gonna, you know, we're, we're gonna be content and happy with w- w- where we are right now. And I wanna, I wanna throw something on there too on this. So uh, this come from this came from a podcast I was listening to earlier this week, and it is um, basically the season of life and and the way our minds work <laughs> early in life up until like late thirties, specifically thirty eight, thirty nine for males, and then after that. And basically, our, our, we have a lot of transition mentally and de- mental development from, you know, your growth mentality. I, I use an example of an attorney, right? Your, your star litigator, you know, really should be someone in their late 20s, early 30s. But your best partner in the firm should be someone in their late 40s, early 50s, right? And so it's just a transition of mentality. And so w- one of the recommendations that, that came from the podcast was when you're tipping over that 38, 39 years old, you really need to get into a mentality of a bucket reduction list. So instead of building a bucket list, you start eliminating things out of your bucket list. And he talks about how, you know, all these things that we dream about a lot of times creates the pressure and the anxiety mm-hmm. to try to achieve when in all reality, if we just take some of these things away it's you start to really appreciate where you're at in life Absolutely. and you're like oh, i don't have to go there i don't have to do that mm-hmm. look at what i do have you know mm-hmm. different perspective now since we're closing in we've still got a few minutes left we're here with uh, the guys from asset management group every friday here the golden life we've got andrew nida and mo Pyron. we're talking about your finances let's go positive you guys can actually help somebody figure out where they might be able to scale back Mm -hmm. to maybe help live within their means to put them on a plan to not only start saving, but then maybe start taking that savings and let that do some work for you. Right, right. I mean, listen, our mission as a firm is to walk with you in your story to ensure that every decision you make financially 
is going to simply just put you in a better a better trajectory mm-hmm. to accomplishing what Mo talked about earlier, your own goal, your own story. It ain't ours, right? We have our own, mm-hmm. but you have the 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 picture that you want to create later in yeah. your life. And we're just you know, and I want to give a quick example if we have time. Yeah. Uh, okay. One of my one of my top clients in regards to income. Guy makes over, well, did make over a million dollars a year. Lives over in Alabama. Great person. Um, lost his job. And you can imagine he, he personally makes eight fifty, okay, a year. That that those jobs don't hang on trees. Okay. Mm-mm. They're not everywhere. He's come to the realization that he is not going to be able to create that cash flow anywhere else anytime soon. So he's faced with some challenging decisions. Do I completely change my lifestyle, sell my house, because he's did he's done what we talked about, enhanced everything, cost of living super high, has kids that are now in their, you know, middle school, senior, high school years. Yeah. So they've adapted to this lifestyle, country club, whatever. And and so here he is going to get a job that makes maybe a third of what he was making and is now trying to decide if he should get another job. And <laughs> we start talking about this and I said, Man, listen. Your question, in my opinion, if I could be honest with you, it's deeper than than your than the question about income. This is not a financial question. You are late forties. You got kids that are in in their middle school and high school years, and he and his response was, "If I don't replace this income, their lifestyle changes. They lose all the extracurricular activities or a lot of what they're doing today." And I said, yes, but if if you'd get another job, they lose you. Mm -hmm. And that's most important. So, you know, once again, we just have to be real, transparent and honest. And I think that's our goal here as a firm is just to just to get get there with you right beside you and walk this thing out. And I know it's hard because you get so accustomed to, quote, the lifestyle you have. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the lifestyle you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Get rid of it. You know. (laughs) Trim it back. I, I can guarantee you that there are people in that same area where this person lives in your example who are making a tenth of that person and mm-hmm. still have their kids doing things because they've chosen as a maybe a husband and wife to say, well, we're not going to have a, a you know six-figure house payment or whatever. We're going to have uh, used cars that are paid for. We're gonna, right. mm-hmm. We'll figure out areas that we can do without or do less. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how you repurpose money when you're put against the wall. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sometimes yeah, it exactly. takes that. Sometimes it takes losing the job. You go, and then you start realizing, wait a minute, I got the new job. I'm making half of what I made, and we seems like we have more now because we had to learn how to pinch pennies. Yeah, the priorities just get redirected. Right. You rearrange your priorities. You, re- you rearrange it, and it doesn't necessarily make you a bad person, right? I mean, right. it just, you know, if you overextending yourself to make you a bad person, but this, you're right, <laughs> could make you a better person overall. Okay, so as we're winding down, because we want it positive, we want people to say, okay, maybe I feel like I'm in that cycle. I keep feeling like I'm, I get a little bit of a bump, but then I turn around and say, now I can spend more. And then I realize I don't have enough to fall back on, and I should probably have somebody help me figure out what is a best way to start working on my personal savings, my financial future, so that way I'm not playing this rat race 10 years, 20 years down the road. Andrew, how do they get in touch with you to set up that initial consultation? Yeah, so for any of you guys that ever have a question or ever just want to speak with someone that's in our industry just as a a consultation, run your story by. Our number at our office is 678-792-5855. It's 678-792-5855. Five, five. And, of course, yeah, our mission is to serve the Cartersville community first. And uh, website, social media? www.assetmg-inc.com. 
And anything social media wise, podcast. You want to give a quick plug for anything people can get some resources. Oh, we should do oh, a yeah. podcast. Okay, we're gonna we're, we'll provide a we'll, we'll give it out next time because I don't have it all in front of me. Okay, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for being yeah, here. Man. Another edition of the Golden Life right here on your hometown radio station, AM fourteen fifty one hundred point three FM, WBHF Cartersville. Investment advisory services offered through Asset Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Andrew Knight and Moise Param provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company or are offered through Asset Management Group. By contacting Asset Management Group, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.